0: Ooh.
1: Ooh. What up, what up? Welcome back. Episode four of, like I was saying, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. There are a lot of storylines to talk about. Houston, they've got the league MVP, the best record in the NBA. Toronto, is this the year they become an elite playoff caliber team? Can we, Will we see the Raptors in the finals? Can LeBron get the Cavs and his new crop of characters back to another NBA Finals? And in the midst of all this, the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, are just flying under the radar. Now, granted, it's been a season of ups and downs for them. They've had a lot of injuries, the most ever in the Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry Steve Kerr Curry era. Uh, so I had a chance to speak with my good friend, Kareth Burke. She is the sideline reporter for the Warriors broadcast on NBC Sports Bay Area. We break down just where the Warriors sit right now in the Western Conference as they wait for Steph to get back Um, and also get her take on women's basketball. She covered UConn and she covered the gold medal game for USA Women's Basketball in Rio. We talk about the college game and are the UConn Huskies really good or bad for women's basketball? Do you still have that whole thing where you're like, let me know if you meet another Kareth?
0: Yes, and I have never met another Kareth in person. Social media has been amazing to connect me with people, but never met one in person.
1: So what is like the? I don't know the proper terminology. So what is Carith like? The, what is, like the origin. You gotta talk to origin, my mama.
0: You, origin. You gotta <laughs> talk to my mom about that. Uh, it's from a book. It's uh, James Michener's *The Source*, and my mom is just an avid reader. She liked that name, and I wish there was a better story, but that's it. I mean, that's, that's a pretty it. cool
1: story. I, I got Jason. There's a million and two of those.
0: I never had another Kareth in my class before, sure. but I also never had, you know, those little license plates you could get for your bike that yeah. said your name, you had like personalized stuff. There's never any Kareth stuff.
1: You just have to go with the K, K-A-Y. Mm,
0: or Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, autocorrect.
1: Um, all right. So we're going to get to it because this just happened today. Quinn Cook, it's looking <sighs> like he's going to get a long-term deal. I don't what know how
0: long-term. It's going to be at least multi-year. So he will very likely be signed for the rest of this year and then something into next year too, which is such a nice reward for that young man because he has stepped in for the Warriors in a big role with Steph Curry Hurt. I think the history will be he's going to be the first two-way player who will get a long-term deal out of this or a multi-year year deal out of this. And that's amazing. He has been lifting a lot for the Dubs. He's been playing 34, 35 minutes a game, double-digit double digit scoring, um, well, Steph Curry has been out with his ankle injury and now with his uh, knee injury. So you've got this guy, this two-way player, who's played on a big stage before. But know. how
1: do we get to this but- point? How was this this amazing nba level talent
0: mm-hmm.
1: not already on a team that's a great even question. here in golden state
0: that's a great question and maybe because it's golden state because this roster is so stacked i don't know if quinn cook was like a jewel in the rough because he's he's dabbled on other teams before i think he used to play for the pelicans had his career high against the warriors in a game for pelicans so he's been he's been on the cusp right he's been this guy who's who's been trying to make it in the league, has done his time in the G League, and now finally gets his opportunity, and he's been making the most of it. He's such a wonderful person, great hat on the shoulders, and he can play. Like Steve Kerr has said when, when Quinn was first making these little pop-ups to, to the Warriors, that Quinn is an NBA player. He just needs his opportunity, and he's got that opportunity now.
1: Is he good enough to fill in... Two-time MVP Steph Curry in the NBA playoffs because you know when
0: you phrase it like that <laughs> he is not a two-time MVP no but is he doing the work now yes Quinn Cook is filling that role so it's not a it's not a straight like transfer of people it's not like oh you found the next Steph Curry Steph Curry is Steph Curry Quinn Cook is not Steph Curry but he is an extremely capable guard right now who's filling a role and doing really well with the Warriors
1: one of the things that. Intrigues me about this Warriors team. They've been so dominant in the Western Conference for the last four years. Um, we always thought their biggest opposition maybe OKC with Russ, maybe San Antonio, but this year it's it's Houston. Houston is by far and away the best team in the NBA. They have an MVP mm-hmm. in James Harden. Mm-hmm. How cognizant is are the players in the Warriors organization? about the threat that's in H Tower right now.
0: Yeah, they keep an eye on that for sure, although they're careful about what they say on it publicly. I think they want to know who's chasing them. And when you have the GM of the Rockets saying, we have built this team specifically to compete with the Warriors in this window of time, they're aware of other teams that are trying to chase them. So Houston has the one seed, the Warriors have the two seed, and maybe that's a good thing. Who's the pressure on? Who's done the most talking this season? Houston. So if Houston wants to talk big, they gotta back it up. What do you think? The Warriors are heading into the playoffs with a different, uh, it's a different feel, you know? They're the defending champs. They wanna win again. But there have been different storylines this season.
1: Injuries, injuries are huge actually make line. the
0: Warriors feel like they could be an underdog in some ways. And injuries play a big, a big part of that.
1: You know, it reminds me, albeit not apples to apples here, but in 2014, the Indiana Pacers were so hell-bent yeah. that they had to get the one seed. They had to get the one seed. They wanted game seven against LeBron, Eastern Conference Finals in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Hell-bent on getting the one seed. <laughs> they lost in six games in Miami, mm. and Miami had the two seed.
0: Nothing goes the way you think in the playoffs. This season hasn't gone the way the Warriors thought it would. They've had a very successful season, but it has been injury depleted. So it is rare that a team has four All-Stars, and then it's even more rare that all of them are hurt at once. And guys have been coming back. You know, KD is back, Clay is back, but uh, and Draymond has been out a little bit. He's back. Um, but Steph, Steph is the guy. Steph kind of feels like the linchpin, right? How far do they go if they don't have a healthy Steph Curry? And we're we're going to know the answer very shortly.
1: It's so great that they tell us everyone's, a, you know, they're all get along. They're all friends. They all share the ball. But deep down, NBA fans are thinking there's egos on this team. You're around this team often. Are there egos on this team? Or is this team, you know, what we see is what we get?
0: What you see is what you get. And, and I know people are going to say that I'm a, a, just talking the party line here. But Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are the most down-to-earth superstars, global phenomenons that I've ever met. The two of them treat every single person the same. I think they're aware of their status, but their ego doesn't walk into the room first. And these are two players who agreed to coexist, right? You're adding offense to offense. You know, the Warriors had to figure it out when they added KD to the team last season. They got a championship out of it. KD got finals. They figured it out well. They figured it (laughs) out. But if that was ego versus ego, that would not have happened. There would have been too much friction there but God, they figured it out and I think they need credit for that.
1: So this is your first year with the Warriors but you were at SNY in New York before so you've been around mm-hmm. major market, yeah. major teams. Do you think we're seeing a change in the NBA where guys are willing to let their egos take a backseat to winning? We saw what happened with Phil Jackson and with Carmelo during your time in New York. <laughs> Two massive egos the franchise suffered. You take a look whether it's Houston, whether it's Boston, whether it's uh, Cleveland, mm-hmm. whether it's Golden State Mm -hmm. or even Miami when LeBron went there Mm -hmm. guys are sitting here and saying you know what I don't care about none of that I just want to win
0: Mello stayed in New York for a long time he was loyal a long time to New York he really really tried to bring something there it didn't happen so he went to OKC he wants to win a championship so going along with what you're saying with guys who will do anything to reach that ultimate goal win a championship take less money take a shorter deal, live in a city that might not have the glitz and glam of of other cities, you know, like an OKC. OKC has a haunted hotel. Hey, that's cool. (laughs) But if you want to win a championship, which is the ultimate goal, then yes, I think you see some guys, you know, making a sacrifice, whatever that means to them to reach that goal.
1: Um, This team, as it is built, they revolutionized the NBA.
0: What's three-point shooting?
1: Three-point shooting, the pace at which they play. I mean, D'Antoni tried to speed things up in Phoenix, but he hadn't succeeded.
0: He just needs a 15-second shot clock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How long can the Golden State model work until another coach, another innovator, another Mm. star player flips the script? I felt like this NBA, the idea of the big man, it changed in a three-year span. Mm Mm-hmm. How long until something else changes?
0: (laughs) Well, the Warriors have the personnel for it, right? They've got the Splash Brothers. When you have talents like Clay and Steph, you make the most of that. They would be stupid not to. So when you have these prolific three-point shooters, go with it, let them do their Mm. thing. And when other teams try to to fit that model, you do get some exciting basketball. Like you see Houston right now, they are volume three-point shooters. I think the Warriors, at least some point in the season, had a better three-point shooting percentage, but they weren't taking nearly as many three-point shots. So uh, the the Rockets succeed because they also rebound well. So if those three-point shots are off the mark, you get that offensive rebound, you get another attempt. So there's there's gotta be a calculation in that. Not every team is built like a three-point shooting team, but the ones that are-
1: They win. They're
0: giving it a shot, right? Why not? Why not? And then, Jason, I find that everything is cyclical, right? Like maybe we're gonna see another four or five years of three-point shooting, And then the cycle is gonna come through, and you've got this amazing like this guy in the draft, and he's huge. He's a big man. Why not play some big man ball? But we we see big man. I take Uh, a look. I don't know. Joel
1: Embiid. Yeah. Anthony Davis.
0: Who have Uh, had remarkable success. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, I mean Porzingo, Porzingis.
0: Porzingis. (laughs) Poor guy.
1: (laughs) Porzingo, the Porzingo, (laughs) but like Porzingis. To see, A, his injury is horrible for basketball, horrible yeah. for Knicks fans. Yeah. But to see now seven-footers taking what Dirk did to the next level, mm-hmm. I think the Golden State Warriors changed the, the NBA, in my opinion.
0: Well, you're, big men have to be more than just guys who stand in the paint nowadays. You need to find those athletic seven-footers. It's hard for a seven-footer to be athletic in the same way as as other guys. So they really have to be freaks. Um, Chicago has that guy, Laurie Lord Markman. Mar- yeah, he's their leading scorer in the rookie season. You know, it, it sort of depends on environment. It depends on the guy. Um, big men still have a place in the league, although that center role, in like specifically, is getting smaller. Like smaller and smaller. You know, like for the Warriors, this Draymond Green playing the five. Sometimes he usually plays the four. He can play any position, which is also remarkable. But you've got a guy like Jordan Bell in his rookie season, the kid coming out of uh, Oregon. He's like six four, six five. You know, like he's extremely athletic, but he's not the big hulking seven footer in days of old. So uh, the teams are saying that that center position or the big man role is going more along the af- the athletic kind of. Lines where you're not just playing between the blocks, you're taking three-point shots. You're kind of changing the game, and you're learning to defend more than one position.
1: So I, I'm guessing you're saying instead of us getting the guy that's seven feet tall, mm-hmm. we'll take the guy with a seven feet wingspan.
0: Sure, yeah, do that. He can he can block. He can ball handle. Some of those guys are taking the ball up the court. I mean, it's 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 really it's really changing. I think the league is in an interesting place right now. The game it's is changing. in a
1: fun place, but yeah. I will say this: is this good? For the NBA, because we're looking at the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. The Western Conference, as we know, is already set. Mm -hmm. Should I just tune out of the Western Conference Finals? I mean, tune out of the Western Conference playoffs until the Warriors (laughs) and the Rockets play in the Finals?
0: I don't know. Is that a given this year? The Warriors have a lot of injuries this season. The West has been thick, right? The Warriors are saying that although they know they're locked into the two seed, with four or five games left, they don't know who their opponent will be yet this season. So there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of teams. There's a lot of parity, right? That's what you ask for. So of course you should tune in. Is this bad for anybody? No. It's if good there, for your ratings so, too. There's you tune so in. much intrigue If you're in right California,
1: now, okay. tune in. Yes. It's good for ratings on NBC Sports Bay Area. Um, <laughs> I think the Eastern Conference. Is more intriguing though. And granted, uh, you know, I, yeah. I cover an Eastern Conference team. Sure. And so right now we're in the thick of it. So I'll be honest, I'm biased because I see Eastern Conference basketball more yeah. than I see what I I see the do. West more than the East, yeah. yeah. But I mean I look at the East and I look at okay, Boston right now can make a push for Toronto. Nobody believes in Toronto and they have since lost to Cleveland.
0: Toronto is scary in my opinion. See Yeah.
1: I saw Toronto last year. It's a different team, but I saw them last year against the Pacers. The bad matchup for Indiana, but other teams were able to exploit. I saw LeBron and company take care. And I bet you LeBron was definitely putting out the (laughs) word. Hey, look, I'm coming for y'all in the second round if you want to get a piece of this. Yeah. So, like, I think the (laughs) East is more intriguing than the West. I think. That's fine. I I think the West boils down to two teams. That's That's it? That's it. That's it? That's it.
0: You don't feel like the Warriors are at least a little more vulnerable in the first and second rounds than they were last year? If, the Warriors swept everybody.
1: They will be they except will Except for more, the
0: five the five game series. Do you know what, this it will not be a sweep fest this season for the Warriors. It will not.
1: I'll say this. The only reason why I don't find it as compelling
0: mm-hmm.
1: is because they still you said they have three all stars on the court right now. Oh okay. They got three on the court now. Yeah. And yeah. they have three of the top 30 players in the NBA. Yeah. Some people would put Draymond in it, some people wouldn't. Yeah. But they're three of the top scores. Now, if it was Steph and Clay out, yeah. yeah, or if it was like KD and Steph out, yeah, but yeah. looking at the fact you have KD, Clay is rested, obviously, at the fractured thumb, I believe. But yeah, fractured right he's thumb. He's back. So shooting hand, yeah. He's back. So why would I think, they, I think they could easily overmatch that seven seed.
0: And here's what the Warriors are hoping They hope that all of the man games that they have lost to injuries in their starting lineup has given confidence to the bench, meaningful minutes to the bench, and then rest to the guys who were hurt.
1: Uh, That reminds me, I gotta ask you about McCaw. I do have to bring that up. How how is he?
0: Oh my God, that was the scariest thing I've ever seen in person. He is okay. He is walking. He's been released from the hospital. He had a a back injury. He landed very hard on the court. He got undercut by Vince Carter. Um, He left the court on a stretcher. Uh, it was terrifying, frankly, to see that in person. He is okay. So he's got no structural damage, MRI came back good, CT scan came back good. Um, the team at this time is, is unsure if he'll be able to play for the rest of the season, but that's been a secondary concern. Like To be honest, everybody has had their heart in the right place here, because everybody was scared. Everybody was scared. Well, I mean,
1: you know, we saw the, the footage of oh Steve Kerr cussing out Vince like, Carter. I'm
0: out right now. Yeah, <laughs> worked and, out right now. And
1: we saw Vince Carter holding back tears as McCall was getting yeah. carted off. Well,
0: and Kerr was like, Vince, you know better, right? Yeah. And then as people discover, as the severity of the, the incident, like, came to play, Steve Kerr kind of walked back on that. He realized that although it was it wasn't a smart play, it was not an intentional play to hurt somebody, so Steve Kerr put his, his hand on on Vince's shoulder, and I think, you know, that's that's water under the bridge. And Pat McCaw said, I know you didn't mean to hurt me, Vince. So it was just one of those freak things. But that, but
1: I, b- I bring that yeah. up because that does impact this team in their depth. Yeah. That being said, though, KD can still go out and give you 35 minutes. <laughs> Clay <laughs> yes, can, can run point. Draymond yeah. can run point.
0: You've got guys in their prime right now. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. I think... I'll probably, I'll tune in for game one, because I'm interested. Game one? Game one of the okay. Warriors first round. And whoever, because they whoever, don't know where who they're playing now. Whoever, I'll tune in for game one. Uh, I'll probably watch more of Houston, just because yeah. I do want to see if they can challenge Golden State.
0: I'm curious. But I
1: probably will not pay attention to Golden State until the Western Conference Finals.
0: Okay. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to sell you on anything. <laughs> That's fine. Like I understand completely where you're coming from.
1: So you're going to watch the Pacers?
0: I'll keep an eye on him. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on all the teams, but I definitely do have tunnel vision on on the Warriors in the West.
1: All right, so we, we, we talked about your current day job, but I did want yeah. to get with you.
0: Warrior sideline reporter, NBC Sports uh, yeah. Bay area. War, yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> plug it, plug it. Uh, your old job. Sideline
1: yeah. reporter for UConn, UConn, women's, UConn basketball. women's Basketball. Yeah. You covered USA Women's Basketball when they won the gold medal yes. in Rio. Yes. So. Yeah,
0: so I used to work at SNY. So I covered nine pro sports teams. And then also during basketball season, UConn, men and women. And then that parlayed into a job covering um, the Rio Olympics, which is really cool. Well,
1: so, I bring it up because we, we just saw the Women's Final Four, Women's National Championship. Enrique Ogumba Wale, which. From Notre Dame. She is the most clutch player. This year, period. Um,
0: yeah, th- for the people, she hit the game winner in the final four and the game winner in the finals
1: to beat UConn yes. and to beat Mississippi State. Yes. But you're getting me yep. off topic here. You're getting me off sorry, topic. I'm sorry. Go this ahead. This is my show. I'm questioning. I just it.
0: want to make sure people know, like when you say clutch. You mean clutch, like history making absolute clutch.
1: If you're listening to this podcast and you have no clue who Arike (laughs) Agumbawale is. Check yourself. Where the hell have you been? (laughs) She has been all over every TV station, every social media. This has to be a person who just reads one newspaper a day. Mm. Um, But so a lot of, when when she beat UConn, everyone thought it was great because UConn is like the death star, Darth Vader for basketball, for women's basketball. Everyone says when UConn wins, it's yeah. bad for the women's game, and that pisses you off when people say that. It I've does. seen you go off on Twitter about
0: but that. But doesn't it doesn't it tick you off too? Don't you want to watch the best be the best?
1: I feel I feel like it's fatigue. I feel like everyone loves to mm-hmm. build someone up, mm-hmm. and then they love to tear them down. So we watch UCon- we watch with UConn with Gino and Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird, and uh, I'm forgetting.
0: I mean, you're talking you're, Lisa Brianna Lobo. Stewart now. I mean, yeah. You're talking like 20, 15 Rebecca years Lobo, ago. Rebecca, yeah, Lobo. Rebecca Lobo. But like
1: people, people, it was good for basketball then because these were girl next door, these were names, you could mm-hmm. cheer for them. After a decade plus of consistent winning yeah. and then we saw subsequently Tennessee fall off with the loss of, of their head coach. Yeah. yeah. Then they became the worst thing ever. No,
0: according to who? Because I, I don't agree with that narrative. And I understand you're setting me up to, to, to talk about this. I get it. <laughs> I get so tired of of justifying women's success, UConn's success. They've been outstanding for 30 years. Please recognize how special that is. I, and I, I almost don't even know where to start because no championship is ever handed to you at the beginning of the season. So they've had to earn this time and time again. With, um, with numerous every... unblemished seasons. Numerous yes, unblemished seasons. it's the way that they practice. It's the way that they warm up. Gino opens his practices to other coaches. They want to be the blueprint to help other teams rise. They will put everything out on the table. Here's how we do it. Here's the play that we run. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what it is and we're gonna execute it in a way that your defense cannot compete with even when you know what it is. They are that good because they're that kind of standard. What's the point of sports? Why do you play? And, and you can get into like philosophical feel good reasons, but you win. You play to win. You play to win. If that is what sports are about, why is it a problem when this team wins? It's the women. There is an undercurrent of sexism here. Please recognize that. How can we talk about women's success differently? Why is Women's success, time honored, things that they have worked for and earned, a problem. Saying UConn is bad for the game is different than saying, I personally don't care for this, I find it boring. In my mind, those are two different things. Mm -hmm. UConn is not bad for the game. Do you feel like it's a cop
1: out? Do you feel that people say that instead of saying, because it's easy to say they're bad for the game and not boring to watch?
0: Yes. Bad you, for the game and boring. Because you different. sound
1: sexist if you say women's basketball is boring.
0: Let me take it back to the Warriors, right? I feel like this is somebody who's like, yeah, when the Warriors won 73 games, man, that's just boring. Why do you tune in? You know they're gonna win. Because that was history and it's exciting and you see the best players making the best plays. Why do you have a problem with the best being the best? I just, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, do you watch Tiger? Do you watch Serena? Do you understand the moment of time and the the beauty and, like, the glory of the teams that you're seeing. And UConn doesn't win all the time, do they? They They lost. So that that, that brings
1: me to my next question. Okay. Was Arike's performance over those three days good for women's basketball?
0: Yes, but I still don't like the way that the question is phrased. Because I shouldn't
1: say women's basketball. It's just good for basketball.
0: Well, well, yes, but it's like you're sort of – because somebody else won, I still feel like it's going back to that idea that UConn is bad, and I don't agree that UConn is bad. Well, no, I'm
1: saying this in regards to everyone loves a good story. Sure. The Notre Dame story of losing four players to ACL, you have yes. a player make two amazing shots. Yes. That draws eyes to a sport, a basketball. Well, it's just way- the,
0: the performance and the story. and Yeah, that's a, that I agree with, for yeah. sure. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing.
1: I, I feel like that, Was good for the sport personally I try when I do my highlights not to say women's or men's Mm -hmm. athletes I just say basketball
0: basketball now if
1: I'm talking about like IU men and IU women to Mm -hmm. disseminate from one highlight to the next Mm -hmm. of course I say a gender specific
0: title I mean you should be able to see that in the video but I understand where you're coming from you know for the
1: visually impaired (laughs) I try to make sure that you understand (laughs) Uh, but for when discussing this I try not to personally do mm-hmm. men's or women's just say basketball players yeah. but I will say this and it's a small small sample size I get it I'm not 50 years old but her performance over those last two days you're not 50 either <laughs> Neither uh, am I. people who don't know that but like, we're not we're not that old yep. but the sample size put a lot of eyes yeah on that sporting event that yeah. maybe weren't normally there. Yeah. and that carried over for two or three days after.
0: Which is wonderful. You want those kind of stories. You want those kind of athletes to shine. You want those kind of improbable moments to to live, right? Because I was so happy um, on my timeline. like I followed tons of basketball people, and it was so nice to see NBA people, men's college basketball people like dabbling, watching this game. like it was amazing to see the country tuned in for that women's championship game because you guys got a show it was beautiful
1: i mean they, they only scored three notre dame scored three points in the second quarter
0: which people do say is a knock i say what about the defense
1: but the end of the game <laughs> the and end of their the game combat was, spectacular. was
0: amazing sure basketball's a game of runs are we going to deny that at any sort of level so it happened in a women's game they only scored three points okay fine It's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the end of the game, the extraordinary nature of the end of that game.
1: End of the game, I enjoyed. End of the podcast, I know you're going to enjoy.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, you got to get ready. Obviously, big game tomorrow, Warriors, Pacers. I won't hold you up. Kara Burke, check her out, especially if you're in California. I'll tune in.
0: Every now and then. I'll
1: tune in for the Western Conference Finals.
0: All right, I'll keep an eye on your stuff, too.
1: (laughs) As always, thanks for listening. Feel free to hit me up, Jason Spells, on Twitter, and I G. Never did it for the fame, never did it for the game. When I picked up the mic and made my whole world change, started back.